vibes and libido. We are your hosts, Trip and Kiki, the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth. Join us as we delve into all the things you lust, the lies that we tell ourselves, and why our libido drives us to distraction. This is adult-only content, so no kitties under 18, please. Our dialogue is open, honest, and raw. But most of all, we're here to have fun. Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. All right, welcome to another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. I am one of the duo of hosts. Uh, this is Trip. Um, here with my beautiful co-host, Kiki. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is your girl, Kiki. We're excited. We have a great guest featuring today. Uh, Tripp, I'll let you do the introduction. Well, I'm going to let the guests do their own introduction. Um, So our beautiful, illustrious guests, would you love to introduce yourself to the listeners? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody. I am Ty Shaw. I am a sex educator who helps individuals, couples, groups, doesn't matter, to overcome any challenges they may be having sexually or with regard to intimacy or build their erotic knowledge. Boom. So there's there's a lot that we want to discuss um, because I want to talk about what you do um, one of, another thing that that I really want to make sure we touch on today is you're also um, a professional dom, mm-hmm. which is really really cool as well. Um, and yeah. you are a woman in that space, which yes. we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody on the show that is a woman in a professional dom space. Right. So I want to make okay. sure we touch on that as well. So that's pretty dope too. So um, listeners, I think you're you're in for a treat. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and, and see where the conversation goes and, and have some fun. So, um, Key, did you, Kiki, did you want to start? Did you have any questions? You know, or? I always got questions. <laughs> 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 I do. I have so many questions because I think what you do, Ty, you have a lot of feathers in your cap. You know, I noticed you are learned in a lot of different areas and I find that so fascinating, you know, so I can't wait to hear you share um, about the things that you do because sexual health is really important. You know, it, it does tie into a lot. You know, um, I was reading something cause I'm really on this journey of learning more about my Yanni and, you know, some more health and balance. And, you know, I didn't realize that women, especially because we have the wombs, a lot of things are locked in our wombs, you know, and I think what you do helps, you know, can help bring about release and, and just power, you know, so many great things. So I really want to hear just more about what you do, why you, what made you do what you do. And, you know, just a little bit more about that, about you. Uh, okay, sure. So I think that the, a good place to start would be sort of like, setting a basic tone or a point of departure from which the rest of the conversation can emanate. And that point of departure should be that 
from a Western point of view, I think that your culture, or especially American culture, teaches you to compartmentalize everything. Your mm -hmm. pussy is over here, your money is over here, yep. your spirit is waiting for you on, on Sunday at right. church. And it, it's, it's a decidedly white supremacist, American, American take on life, living, and the body. Mm -hmm. My point of departure is completely the opposite of that. So when you say, oh, I'm working on my yoni and I didn't, you know, and it ties into so many things, it's a statement that's almost registers to my mind as does not compute because everything connects to everything. Mm -hmm. And your, your spiritual foundation, particularly as a human that has manifested in, in a female body, a female sex body, however you identify on the gender, gender identity spectrum, from a non-Western, non-American view, the body in which you are born in connects very specifically with spiritual technology and how that plays out in your manifestation on, on this earth. Wow. So for you to, to say, well, I'm getting into my yoni and I found out that all kinds of stuff is locked into my womb and this might affect me other places, that's a basic assumption that other cultures would make. Mm -hmm. So that, that sort of disconnect, that gap, the, the absence of that premise is what I do and what I'm trying to address. Mm -hmm. I'm coming from a perspective that this culture and as a result of plutocratic oligarchs, white supremacy, which I call misanthropy, and another, a number of other isms, you have this idea that somehow your pussy is over here, your money is over here, and your, <laughs> and your spirit is waiting for you on Sunday. Right. And I'm here to sort of deconstruct that. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of things that I would quote unquote do to do that. But in my view, what I do is decolonize the body. What that ends up looking like is a little bit of kink, a little bit of BDSM, energy work, scar tissue remediation, erotic massage, coding. All of these are tools towards a larger end. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So when you embark on, when you're starting your sessions with someone, mm -hmm. normally, well, no, let me go back because I know what you were saying about the Western frame of thought in regards to all of this. How do you find that it compares to non-Western frames of thought? You know, um, you know you, have you delved into those other cultures and what have you found? Is the, is it, do you find that other countries or other cultures are just more free in their thinking and their mindset towards sexuality and all of those things that you, know, you work towards with people? Um, I think that's a gross oversimplification. So, I just, I, I kind of just addressed that when I said, well, from a Western perspective, there's this compartmentalization. But from most non-Western perspectives, the basic assumption is that there's a mind-body connection and, you know, a mind-body-spirit connection. And when one of those components are out of sync or out of whack for any reason, it's going to affect the whole. That's not exclusive to any particular country or culture. That's sort of a non-colonist take on the world. That's an indigenous take on the world. And that indigenous take would, be, would obviously include um, African people, any sort of indigenous 
indigenous people. And I, and I think it's important to mention that we are talking about black and African people when we use the term indigenous, because for whatever reason in common discourse, we separate uh, being African from being indigenous people. And I think that's highly problematic. Um, in terms of whether or not they're free, that's the part where I'm speaking to the simplification, right? Because freedom is not a simple concept or more free is contextual, right? It's relative. Um, what I think they are, what I don't think it's a matter of freedom. I think it's a different worldview, a worldview that doesn't separate the mind from the body, from the spirit, and a holistic take on what healthy really is. Gotcha. Okay. Trip, your thoughts? Well, I mean, I completely agree with Ty. And it's, it's, it takes a lot to decolonize the mind. And it, yeah. so many people don't realize how much um, colonization has played into the everyday lives. It, it, it bleeds into every facet of your life. And there's so many intricacies to unravel and unwork yeah. that, you know, you can be as, um, as introspective as, I don't know, Gandhi. I mean, just, or not Gandhi, I definitely want to use Gandhi, but the Dalai Lama or something, I don't know, but you still are going to have work. It was just like, um, I was talking to somebody and they were talking about that, you know, they're seeking to achieve enlightenment. And I was like, well, that's, that's not something you're going to ever achieve. It's a constant process. It's just, there's going to be a constant growth and decolonizing when you grew up in under colonistic rule and oppression and systems, it's going to be a constant process to undo all of those um, intricacies and, and everything that, that ties to it, especially when you're talking about relationships, intimacy, spirituality, spirituality, um, sexuality, and, and, you know, anatomy, physiology, there's so many different things it touches on. So it's something that's going to, it's a definite process to do. And it takes people like Ty um, to help those who are willing to, to go on that journey, to do that work. Because there's a lot of unpacking you have to do. Right, exactly. I, I'm, I apologize. Did I cut you off, Kiki? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and so insofar as that's concerned, I know it always throws people off. Like, you know, people ask me questions and they're like, well, I'm asking you about sex and you're talking to me about white misanthropy. But the thing is, it's one and the same. Your ability to experience pleasure or to feel deserving of pleasure or to feel safe in your body is directly attacked by white misanthropy because the hatred of your body, your disconnection from your sex, your abuse, all of these things are extremely profitable to global systems that have been designed to profit off of your oppression and Absolutely. perpetuity. You understand? So if we're going to talk about sex, black sex, kink, the ownership or of our pussies, bodily autonomy on any level, there's no way to do that out responsibly at least outside of the lens of deconstructing colonialist thought, white misanthropy, and what we are taught, the, 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 the profitability of self-hate. But it's also like, where do you start? Because when, you, when you're talking about unpacking and all of the things that have been embedded, I mean, you're talking about things that, okay, I'll put myself in it, things that I've been taught 
since I was born, you know, as far as I know, you know, different morals and, and, and guidelines and just how I was raised. It's like, you know, I know I'm not the only one because, you know, being friends with Trip has really allowed me to learn a whole lot of things differently from how I was raised and what I've always thought about sexuality, relationships, things like that. It's like, how does a person start? You know, where do you begin when someone says, well, I want to, I want to be freer. I want to change the thought processes, you know, go ahead. Is everyone hearing that, um, Distortion? No. Or is it just me? Okay, cool. Hopefully it doesn't pick up. I'll edit this part out. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Where did you start? You were saying, Kiki. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that was, you know, that was just what I was putting out there is where, what would be the beginning of that journey of recognizing, wanting to change, you know, those mindsets and what has been so deeply embedded in us, especially towards our sexuality. For me, liberation is not just an ideology or my point of departure right but it's a it's an actual process how does it to your friend but when we're talking about freedom liberation autonomy that doesn't happen in one book one session or with the purchase of one yoni egg that's a, a multi-pronged <laughs> practice that's going to include Uh, a a mental evolution, you have to address the intellectual, which is going to include education, learning, having historical context, uh, uh, dedicating yourself to a learning that is not centered in post-Enlightenment era Western epistemologies, you know? So you have to address the intellectual and deconstruct that which you were taught and the conditioning as a result. Mm -hmm. There is a spiritual component to it as well because because in addition to how we're taught and what we're bred, particularly those of us who are black in the West, most are raised Christian or Muslim for, right. for whatever the, you know, the reason is, you're going to have to deconstruct and deal with that. You're going to, especially if you're a black woman, you're going to have to deconstruct all of the violence that comes from worshiping a male patriarchal God that looks nothing like you and that demeans everything about your existence. Mm. Because that's going to have, you're going to have to reconcile with the fact that you've been taught to spend the majority of your life worshiping a dead white man on a cross, but being told that your own ancestral traditions are evil. You're going to have to reconcile the fact that you are not seen as fully human, but as the possession of another human being. You're going to have to deal with that. Develop the spiritual wherewithal to even have an understanding that, oh shit, my body belongs to me. Right. Once right. you address the, uh, the intellectual and the sort of spiritual warfare of it all, then you're ready for embodiment. Then you're ready to start getting into practices like developing your self-love and your, your, your masturbation, your pleasure mapping, your, you know, all of these other things. And of course, they, can ha- they overlap and they can ha- happen simultaneously. But what I'm getting at is it's a multi-layered process. It's not going to be one, you know, naked sipping paint and now you're this liberated person pussy popping from here to Afghanistan. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's a constant evolutionary process that has to address the intellectual and by extension, the political, the spiritual and by extension, the political and the body. 
and by extension, the political, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and, you know, it sounds like, you know, to, and I, I apologize in, um, in advance. Yeah, to simplify it and to give a simple answer, it starts by acknowledging that you have to work and you have work to do. Right. So if you're still going to be in denial, if you're still, like 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 what Ty is saying, if you go to one sip and paint, naked sip and paint, but you're still in denial about the work that needs to be done, the, the, the things you have to unpack, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to be able to heal. Um, you have to acknowledge that the hurt is there or that the issues are there if you don't want to call it a hurt. Um, the trauma is there. If, if you don't want to call it trauma, just the, 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 I guess the issues or baggage or whatever. But you have to acknowledge first. And that acknowledge pro- acknowledging process internally will do wonders to getting um, you on that process, on that path to reconcile with some things and work on some things that, that you're going to have to start realizing about yourself that has either happened to you um, or happened around you mm-hmm. that you may not have been aware of. Right. But it, it starts with that acknowledgement that, hey, look, you know what? This may not be what I thought it was. Um, or I may not, you know, know what I thought I knew or, or what I've been told was a lie. So it starts internally first. Um, it's not going to happen from somebody who just who tells you you know you're brainwashed and you need to do think things differently no it's not going to happen there um it has to be something you acknowledge that you want to work on and and once you do that then there's people out here who will help you figure out okay let's try this let's do this you know have you thought about this let's read this together um so that way you can go get on that path to deconstruct a lot of the the colonialistic views that and the the misogynistic views that you've been taught. Yeah, and you also have to get get a, get out of caring what other people think. That way, I will don't move forward because what is my family gonna think? What are my friends gonna think if I do this? If I make this change? If I start to become this way? You know. That because that's something I've I've dealt with with my own mother, you know, with the spirituality aspect, you know, because that's I was raised like you were like you were saying, Ty, you know, raised Christian in a very Christian, big religious based household. You know, that was all we knew. You go to church on Sunday, sometimes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. You there all, you know, just that kind of lifestyle. And you know, I've had to have discussions with her that that's no longer what I choose to follow and practice, you know, and I'm, I'm learning some other things outside of it, you know, so it, and it took me a while to even broach the subject with her because just who she is and, and her views, I was kind of, what is she thinking, you know, getting around that can be a barrier as well, you know, just dealing with other people's thoughts and ideologies of what you should be doing because it's what they're doing. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's so problematic. And I feel like it's something that really grates my soul because I'm just not interested in sheep. I'm not interested in teaching people what to think. I'm interested in teaching people how to think. Right. And giving them the tools to arrive at their own conclusions. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
one of the great disservices practices such as Christianity really do to us is they make sheep out of the masses. They put you in a position to have to contend with these challenges, such as what is this person going to think? What is that person going to think? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I think it's just so, I think we have to get to a point where we evolve past that and we understand that that's a non sequitur, that the journey is the journey and people are always going to think and relinquish the need to control or try to mitigate whatever it is that they're going to think. Right. Because we have no, no control over that. I think we just have to, you got to push past that. Um, sometimes that's a little hard for me to relate to because that's so far from my existence. And that has, hasn't been a factor for me in, in so long. It, it's, it's almost hard to, to realize <laughs> that people are still dealing with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, that's awesome. That's awesome that you are so far removed from that, you know, and I'm sitting here like, I'm, I'm such a baby in this. I'm just at the beginning. I'm just starting this whole journey, you know, and I think that's awesome and amazing, really. True. Yeah, and it's no judgment. It's not like anybody's like better or higher or lower. Right, right, right. It's not a part of my reality, you know, and I don't think it's in anybody's best interest to be a part of anybody's reality. Um, how people are going to respond to things that I'm choosing to do or that I'm thinking about is probably, I don't, it's probably the last thing that may occur to me if it occurs to me at all. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Truly. So I want to know about the the pro-dom. Like, tell me, because again, like I was saying, you know, it's a lot of things that I am just really learning. When I say just, meaning within the last couple of years, because I've been friends with Trip. You know, he's really brought in my whole turning her out, Trip. <laughs> you out here turning the people out, Trip. I see you. He, he I got to go ahead. I got to know what's out here. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't, I don't even know what that is. What is that? So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that? So the that is, you're asking what is a pro-dom? What is, yes. Okay, got it. So a pro-dom, a professional dominant, uh, whether that's male or female, is essentially uh, a person who has monetized their dominant persona. I'm going to say it like that. And has developed the, the skills, the education around protocol, safety, et cetera, consent, you know, and the like, to be able to practice the art of topping or the art of dominance um, in a professional setting, a professional non-sexual setting. Mm -hmm. That's distinguished uh, from a lifestyle dominant who essentially brings that their DS, MS, you know, top, bottom, well, I guess not so much top, bottom, but MS or DS um, dynamics into their personal relationships. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes you'll find within the world of kink and BDSM that people will describe themselves as either pro or lifestyle or some combination of both. And again, lifestyle means this is a part of my life. I live this. I may be in a 24-7, you know, DS relationship, et cetera. Whereas a pro-dom if they aren't living the lifestyle, there's a place where I almost consider them fetish service providers. 
Because you're coming in, you're servicing a fetish, a role play, or you're giving education, you're giving an experience, but you don't necessarily assert that outside of that scene or that play. Gotcha. Boom. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, I guess to to, to drill it home a little bit more, um, lifestylers are people that in their home or in their, their relationship dynamic, that's what they do. Um, they're not charging. They, they play and they do events, but you know, you're not charging for your services and your expertise. You're using your, your expertise to, to derive pleasure and happiness in your relationship. Whereas a pro dom can do that yet. They also are charging for their services. Um, so if you're reaching out to a pro dominant, then you're reaching out to them so that way you can get your fetish, like like what Ty said, your fetishes, your, you get your fetish needs met. Um, so if you have a foot fetish or if you have a um, a fetish of, because I know some um, pro-doms who, who have submissives that, you know, worship their feet and they'll just pay to to come and worship their feet and do things that they, and, and be um, submissive to them. Um, so it just depends on what the fetish is. Um, I would like to know what, what Ty, what um, fetishes do you service? Um, so with regard to my kink work, I would say there's two legs to that to answer your question about which fetishes, right? Okay. On one end, um, as a sex educator, people can come to me to explore a number of fetishes, even fetishes I may not necessarily engage with consistently, but I have education and training around. Like what? Um, in my personal, uh, so let's say, I don't, one of my hard limits is blood. I don't do needle play, but I do have experience with needle play. I have tried it, I've trained with it, I've taken classes. So if once in a blue, I have a client who may wanna learn more about needle play or may want some guidance or coaching or assistance trying it, I can certainly support them in that, but that won't necessarily be a service that I would provide in a private session. Okay, wait, hold up. So wait a minute. She's oh, <laughs> I can already tell. Hold up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really have nothing to add because you know. Are, are you telling me there but, are people uh-huh. who are getting pleasure from the sight of blood, or like, what are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about all of that. Um, blood I mean, play, needle is a play. Yes. What, is, what is that? What is that? Well, it's exactly that's play with needles. It can be play piercing. Um, if they're more into the blood, they may incorporate more blood play in that. Um, it can look a lot of different ways, um, but I kind of just stick to the play piercing, you know, artistic piercing um, part of it. Um, some people incorporate the needles in their medical play. You know, and some people just have a blood fetish and may want to rub in the blood, play with the blood, do all of that. Obviously, in this day and age, if you haven't been tested, if you are not doing that safely, it's not something I would recommend. But I'm not going to kink shame. That is a fetish that some people have. Right. Um, Or like, you know, some people are into Roman and Ruby showers, right? I'm not necessarily, but I know I could support someone in learning how you do that how that can be done safely, or if I needed to be present for coaching to assist a couple or whatever in exploring a Ruby or a Roman shower, then 
fine. But in my personal practice, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, What's and, a Roman and Ruby shower for the listeners? Oh, so a Ruby shower is essentially, you know, play with menstrual blood. Um, a, a Roman shower um, is essentially erotic vomiting, regurgitation. Um, as opposed to a golden shower, which is your urine, or your brown shower, which is your shit, your scat. You know, yeah. oh, um, yeah, blowing my mind over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wish the listeners could and see Kiki's face. <laughs> That's exactly why I asked you to explain what it is, because I can see that went over her head. Like, oh, okay, she just threw out some terms. I don't know what they mean. I thought she was gonna go into a little bit more, but you know, I'm just like sitting over here, like I. And and please, there's no judgment and there's no shaming. It's just I don't know, and right. so because I don't know, it just it's like wow, you know yeah. that people are really deriving pleasure from these things, yes. you know, where someone like me might find that somewhat offensive. Right. But you know, it's everybody each their own. You know, you do what makes you happy, um, what makes you come. Shit, right. I'm all for that. <laughs> So, you know, whatever is your thing, it's just, I did not know some of these, you know, venues, ways that people derive pleasure. So I'm just like, yeah, you're learning me something today, honey. (laughs) I know that's right. uh, In terms of answering Tripp's question, what are some of the fetishes that I like to engage in my practice? Um, Well, my specialties include uh, erotic hypnosis. I'm really into erotic hypnosis, um, rope bondage, Japanese rope bondage. uh, Specifically, I'm not too much into Western bondage. Um, uh, Medical play, particularly electro play. Um, I do a lot of work with electro play. It's something I really enjoy. Um, And of course, like impact play, you know, anything around like a single tail, bull whip, that type of thing. What's your... I know Kiki, I know you have a question, but before you get to your question, I just have to ask, what's your favorite impact play toy to use? Um, I would say my four foot bull whip, um, mm-hmm. or like, I love a single tail. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say a single tail. You know, I'm good for paddles, like a good bamboo paddle. Actual single tails. I know I saw one of your pictures, and you have some beautiful pictures on your page. Oh, thank by you. Way. And um, one of your pictures looks like you were getting ready to use, you know, some type of imp- impact play tool. And the look on your face, it was just like she is in her element. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes. I enjoy it. Yes, you could tell. You could tell. <laughs> <laughs> coming through the screen. Yeah. So, um, I was just wondering about the erotic hypnosis. What exactly is that? Um, so it, it literally is erotic hypnosis. It's the use of hypnosis in an erotic scenario. Okay. Um, so for those who are familiar with hypnosis, you know, you can do various types of inductions. You're essentially inducing an altered state of consciousness. Okay which will already happen in sort of a BDSM play exchange because, you know, your top is going to go into top space. Your bottom is going to go into subspace. That's an altered state of consciousness. I think what hypnosis does is almost deepens that. Um, It incorporates a bit of that mind control, that suggestion while they're in that altered state of consciousness to sort of further 
that submission, further your dominance, your control over the material, as well as the mental in the play. Now, I'm sorry, Kiki, you said um, after you asked me something and then we went out. Oh, yes. So I was looking at a video, gentlemen. I think it was a tantric session. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that you were speaking and he's gone again. Yes. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, like, do you mind sharing? Because I, I was curious, wondering, you know, what are you, how, what are you talking? What, what are things were you saying during that session? Just really interesting. Uh, it seemed like it was really intense. And um, Peter, Peterson, please support um, the Atlanta Institute of Tantra. Shameless promotion. But, uh, you know, <laughs> support my girl. She's doing big things out here, important things. Support Black women doing work. So we were at the Tantra Fest, and what I was doing was a demonstration of tantric energy healing or tantric projection. It is a form of sexual yes, energy healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what you guys were... So Ty was asking, um, how long have you been doing um, the work that you've been doing? Um, about 15 years. Um, well, I would say I started getting introduced about 15 years ago, and then I started getting more serious about my work, maybe about between 10, 12 years ago. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a while. Well, you know what, that actually brings me to another question in regards to that is, what drew you to it? What made you want to start delving deeper into, you know, potentially following this up, getting trainings, learning, you know, and just going on that path? What drew you to it? You know, I know that's a common question, but it's all, always one that's really difficult for me to understand because it, there was never a point where I wasn't interested in my body or sex, mm -hmm. there, you know, so I can't say there was one event that said, oh, this is my life's mission. I must go study Tantra now, <laughs> you know, right. there right. was never a point where I wasn't interested in, in sex or becoming a better lover or I don't, I don't have a conscious memory of not having an understanding that there was more to sex and that there was a connection between your spirit and your sex. Gotcha. Um, okay. From when I started having sex. So, you know, I, I guess it was just one of those things that was kind of always with me and mm -hmm. it was just a natural interest. Um, mm -hmm. And I just kind of progressed from it. Got you. And I asked that question because, you know, for anybody who's listening, you know, they may be, it may be something that's been on their mind or something that they've thought about, you know, but not sure, you know, what, what do I do if this is something that I, I am, I'm always, you know, I'm not saying it's personally, I'm just saying that they may feel like, you know, this is something I might be interested in and, you know, I'm not really sure how, how I should go about starting on that path, you know, to jump in. Um, jump know, in. Right. Cause I'm like, if that, that's a different question, Kiki, if they <laughs> want to know how to start, how to start, pick up a book, take a class, take a course, mm -hmm. start attending some events, get online, you right. know, and start right. exploring to see what piques your interest. Yeah. And yeah. And when you get there, keep digging in. Right, 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 right. Right. Yeah. I mean, cause that's hopefully if you are listening to the podcast, it is something that you're, you're wanting to do. And I hope we are sparking some interest in somewhere. So yeah, please do pick up a, um, pick up a book, join a class. There are plenty of classes all around um, the United States. 
and if you're near any major cities, I'm pretty sure you can find a class. Um, there are some great ones being that we're on the East Coast. There's some great ones in Atlanta, some great ones. Um, and I'm looking, I know we have some here in North Carolina as well. Um, and I'm looking to continue to build that community up as well. So it's, it's, it's there. It's the, the information is there. Right. If you are, if you are interested, if there's a sliver of curiosity, jump down that rabbit hole like Alice and, and see where it takes you. Right. Don't be afraid of it, you know, because like, like with, it seems like the theme that we've been talking about is just own your sexuality, own your power, own your energy and whatever that looks like, go for it. Don't, don't, you know, if you, I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're interested in and don't let anyone shame you. You know, you can find someone out here that, that has a kink similar to what something you may like. Mm-hmm. Um, like right. I said before, as long as you're not harming yourself and you're not harming others, you know, have fun. Children or pets. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. Children and pets. Yes. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like, um, I mean, we've had um, Amina on, who is phenomenal. Um, you know, so it's, it's some really cool people out here who can teach you. Um, like one of the things I need to do is when I, when I, once I do finish school and I get some more time, I am going to take one of these classes on Tantra. That's, it's, it's a must. It's, it's a must for me. Right. So it's something I've already identified. I already know, but I'm constantly looking to learn. Like it's a brother I met, um, that's into knife play. I've never seen knife play. I've never experienced knife play. So I'm, I'm, you know, talking to him so I can learn. Not to say it's something that I will pick up, but I'm curious about it. Right. You know, what That's is it? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, don't be afraid. You're just constant. I mean, I'm, I'm a constant student. So, and, you know, there, I know there are millions of other constant students. So don't be afraid to jump into those waters. And you mentioned Atlanta. Why does it seem like Atlanta? I think Atlanta was built on like some sexual energy ground or so it just like there's so much sexuality <laughs> around it there's a lot of things that come out of there as far as people who teach and classes and just i don't know maybe that's just me the energy just seems very sexual around that city so that's just my my opinion about it but um ty was asking about um a video that i was watching you were working with a gentleman um and i believe it was a uh, what did you call it? Um, tantric. Um, I forgot the word just that fast. Um, projection. Right. Is that, did I say it right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. And I was asking, you know, cause I noticed that you were speaking during the, during the session and I was just wondering, you know, like what, what were you saying and just kind of explain the session to me a little bit more. Cause I found it very interesting to watch. I really did. Uh, So what I was doing, again, was called um, sexual energy healing or tantric projection. Um, Yao Morris calls it uh, shamanistic tantra. And essentially, it's a form of energy healing that engages, it's a form of like uh, polarity work, if you will. It -hmm. engages the sexual energy for healing, evolution, um, etc., So I was doing a demonstration of that technique at the Atlanta Tantra Fest. Uh, Again, shout out to 
Atlanta Institute of Tantra, Mina Peterson, support black women. Um, but that's what we were doing. So he was in the process of moving towards orgasm. These are the sort of precursors to that full-bodied orgasm. Yeah. And that's what you were talking about. In terms of what I was saying, I was speaking to the crowd about what I was doing oh. and what he was experiencing because that was a live demonstration. Got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was, that was really amazing. I'm like, wow, how is she doing that? That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. It was. Yeah. Um, so, Kiki, I have a question. You know, because like I said, I'm, I'm planning on um, learning Tantra. Are you down to, to join me in class? Are you, you down? Maybe. No, no, that's not the answer. You know, I'm a researcher. You know, I, I like to research everything before I do anything. I'm not, and sometimes that could be a hindrance, but that's just how I am. So, you know, I really want to learn a little bit more about it myself to know exactly, you know, what it is. You know, how does it, how will it apply for me? Because if I want to do it, I want it to be something that's going to be beneficial for me, you know. So I might be interested in it. And I mean, I'm giving you an honest answer. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm jump off the back of the deep end, and I don't even know what I'm jumping into, you know. So, what better way to learn than to 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 learn about it in class? I mean, because that's what you're doing. You're learning about it in class. What's the class is for? You know what, what you the dude that would run down the street with no clothes on. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, that's, I, I, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is so not my MO. Hang out what you hang out. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, you know, if you want to learn more about it, let's take a class together. Let's, if you want to research it, let's take a class. Let's learn. Come on. It'll be great. And we can talk about it on the show. You know, I think in listening to this conversation, um, especially listening to what Kiki is saying, there's a lot of con challenges around control. I need to control what people are going to think. I need to control how people are going to respond. I need to control how much I know about this before I can take a chance to see if I even want to learn more about it. I need to control how this, you know, that control issue, that need to, to, have some understanding that you cannot intellectually have no matter how much research you do because experience is what's going to give you an innate understanding that is going to be your barrier to your sexual growth mm -hmm. the most powerful thing you can possibly do right now to further your education or your journey is work on that control because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that is what's going to keep you on a certain level in your masculine in your fear and beholden to all of the challenges we spoke about earlier. Right. But we also talked about in order to start, you know, you got to start somewhere. You said pick yeah. up a book, you know, so I wouldn't mind picking up a book, you know, reading, you know, and just learning. No, I understand. I'm not attacking you. I'm speaking, you're, you're talking about what the how looks like. You asked that a few times. Right. This is the how. You have to identify mm -hmm. and acknowledge, right? what right. the challenge is, right. and then deconstruct said challenge. That's what I'm speaking to. Gotcha. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> so we gonna take that class, huh? <laughs> <laughs> More of the story. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's, 
I think is is very cool um, how you're doing speaking engagements. You're you're having these opportunities to to show people like these is so much more to it because I it's so funny to me um, like when I talk to some colleagues that work about tantra and ultimately they think about sexualized tantra and mm. I think about the spiritual yeah, work and I think about the energy work right. um, you know. Because that what's put out there in the masses is that it's a sexual thing. It's, you know, everything is, is hyper-sexualized. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's so cool that we continue to have guests on the show to help people who are looking to find more information realize that this is not, is so much deeper. It's about yeah. The, the, yeah. the being of who you are. You know, we are sexual beings, so let, let me not, you know, mess, uh, mess that up. Yeah, there's so much to who you are. There's so much complexity to who you are. There's so much complexity to Tantra that you can't just box it in to one little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so please, you know, look out for people um, who are truly understanding and willing and willing to, they're still learning themselves, but they're willing to teach you what they've learned so far. Um, so that way you don't have a misconception about these things. Um, you know, yeah. yes. I think that's super important. Um, people, the thing is people don't understand that Tantra is vast and varied. And so if you ask 10 Tantrics or Tantricas, you know, what is Tantra? You're going to get 10 different answers. Wow. Because Tantra is vast. And so, again, there's a need to release Western modes of learning, thinking, and being that tell you you're either this or you're that, that's it. Because, again, outside of that view, things are like not either or, but more like this, this, that, and none of that, but all of this again, <laughs> all at the same time. Yeah. Back to what because things are complex time. and they're layered and they're nuanced. Yeah. So, you know, Tantra is a lot of things. Tantra can be strictly, you know, ritualistic and devotional, like white tantric lineages. Tantra can be, how do I say, sexual. It can be in terms of an approach to life. You know, Tantra is about expanding consciousness and leading to liberation. It's a practice of liberation. It look, it's what liberation looks like in the physical that extends into the spiritual. Wow. It's an integration of all the senses, all your experiences. So it's not that Tantra itself is for sex or hypersexual. It's that Tantra accepts sex and accepts the body as a real experience and something to continue to be integrated in your journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you a praxis of how to approach that and use that towards spiritual ends because that's, that's the goal. Mm. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I want to yeah. clap. Like a, I wish we had like an applause button. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you it's needed. I mean, like I said, we're, we'll continue to have people to to help um, shed light on on different things that in Western culture is considered taboo, um, will continue to to unravel the lies 
um, help you, you know, enjoy and learn about pleasure. Um, but yeah, and, and what your libido looks like, but absolutely, we're, we, we want to make sure that if you're listening to this podcast, you have an opportunity to learn something new and learn a new perspective. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, Ty, is that, you know, I, like I said, I followed you for a minute. Um, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that people could hear what it is that, why I, I mean, why I thought you were so awesome. <laughs> Just to put it bluntly, um, why, why I appreciate the work that you do, um, you know, and, and I, and well, you know what, I do have a question. Does um, social media ever get exhausting to you? Social media is always exhausting to me. I hate social media. Um, I really, I really hate the fact that it has to be a part of my world at all, to be quite honest. Um, and I'm notoriously horrible with it. Um, especially since, you know, the people at the Instagram deleted my page or whatever. Mm-hmm. I Tell don't, I, you know, I'm never in the DMs like people. Fuck the Instagram people. Yeah, I can't, I can't deal with all of that. I hate social media. I think it has completely obliterated, decimated our social skills, our ability to interact and, and connect in real life. I think people have forgotten that there's real life and then there's the internet yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's still like life to be lived, you know? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's so true. Yeah. People going in, having arguments online and I'm looking at right. them and I'm like, but girl, is your refrigerator clean? Right. Right. Like, is yeah. your stove clean? Like you want to hear arguing. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the reason I ask is as an educator, as a person looking to decolonize, help other people decolonize their lives, as a person that's into this, um, this, this into the practice of kink and BDSM, I just was curious because I know for me, and I'm an empath as well, it is draining. Of course and, it is. And it is, it's one of those things, like I know, being that I have um, our toys, uh, toy store, Bell's Toy Chest, and they've deleted our page like five times. Mm. literally five times um and it got to the point where i was like somebody has to be reporting this because it can't be the haters are real the haters are real so um you know so we've had that page deleted and then i've had warnings on on my page and and just it's just it's it's frustrating and i know it's something i have to do i still (laughs) i know it's something i need to get better at especially with the podcast and and with the business and things of that nature and, and education, I just get so drained. And I was just wondering if, you know, as a fellow educator um, and person that's in kink and, and things of that nature, does it drain you? Because, I mean, you do such a great job. Of course, it. it's draining. Yeah, it's draining. It's ridiculous. You have to tune out. And it's also hella racist. Like, oh, you man. know, it's hella racist. You know, I get on there because I'm black and full-bodied and big titty. Anything that I put on is not hypersexualized. But, you know, Rebecca and Chad post they whole ass, butt ball naked, and they call it revolutionary. And they get to get, (laughs) you know, 20,000 more followers. You know? 
they only are only interested in silencing um, sex professionals, sex workers, and sex educators of color. Okay, they're only interested in shadow banning and doing all this other mess that fucks with your business and your livelihood to people of color. Okay, wow. Wow. it's just real. Like it's it's, it's serious. Where. And if you don't know what shadow banning is, um, a good way to experience or to figure out what shadow banning is, is to download the Tumblr app. And um, I can give you some names of some people that you have their accounts you can go and follow. If you type in the search bar, part of their name, it does not show up. You have to have the exact name, the exact spelling, and then you still may not even pull it up. That's right. That's or if you go into the recents or the mm-hmm. top polls, you're not going to see it. If somebody no. goes into a hashtag where you're supposed to be, everybody else's picture will be there. Yours will not. They mm-hmm. have you shadow banned. They have you shadow banned. I mean, you can have 500,000 followers. And then if they deem you someone worthy of shadow banning, you can post a, uh, a hashtag and they get a lot of likes. And it will not show up on the recent posts or the most top, the top posts or things of that nature. That's some bullshit. Right? It is. It is. And that's what they do to a lot of the people of color who are in either the sex and in, uh, sex worker industry, the sex education industry, mm-hmm. the sexual awareness industry. I mean, it just it doesn't matter. Anything that where people of color are looking to accept and celebrate um, themselves, they're looking to um, denounce and... Mm-hmm. And and silence, um, straight up silence. Yeah, silence. I was mm-hmm. trying to think of a good word. Thank you. Um, but that's what they're doing, and the shit is is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous, and I get tired of it. Um, yeah, it's and exhausting. I've been trying to figure out how to build the business without doing it, and then I keep coming back. Oh fuck! I mean, <laughs> okay. Right. Hire so because the thing is, what we have to realize now is social media is a career. And it's a thing. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. So if that's, as entrepreneurs, if that's our weakness, what we have to do as good business people is identify the weakness and employ the necessary resources to compensate. So that means it's time to hire a social media person. That's their job. That's what they do. They understand its purpose, its funnels. Do that. Yeah. Yeah, Matter of fact, I'm glad you said that because I was talking to a brother who needs an internship. I think... might have to bring yeah. them into the business, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Boom, just like that. Right, just like that. I tell you, you Ty, you are awesome. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Oh, thank you. Um, I think you know we've had a phenomenal conversation. Um, and I I want to make sure we don't get too long winded. So, I want to give this opportunity for you, Ty, to go ahead and. You know, plug your services, how people can find you, um, anything you want to shout out, anybody you want to shout out. Um, just go ahead and, you know, because another thing about our podcast, we want to make sure we give people their credit and their shine. So that way, you know, more people can find you, more people can know about you. And, and you know, those who are interested can make sure they know how to patronize and, and support your businesses. Mm-hmm. So sure. Um, well they can find me at my website, I am com, or on the Instagram at Real Thai Supreme. And that's just Thai T Y, Real Thai Supreme. 
Um, you feel free to call me whether you need to work through abuse, sexual trauma, try a new kink, um, you have womb issues, you're a man having ejaculatory challenges, or you just want to evolve, you want to merge your spirituality with your sexuality, anything in that realm you can call me for. Um, in terms of shout outs, check out my girl, um, Dizzy Von Dam, <laughs> old Dizzy, at old Dizzy on yeah. Instagram. Um, the sex trainer, she's going to get them vaginas tight and right and get you popping. Check out, <laughs> you know, check out my girl Amina at the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and her Tantra Tuesday classes and all her services. Support her. Um, check out my girl Casey Carter, um, who's an erotic author and getting ready to have a great party in June. She, um, she can be found on Instagram. I feel like her Instagram handle is the Casey Carter Experience. I think that no. is what it is. Yeah, right. Mm. Check her out. Um, check out my girl Queen at uh, Sister Sexologist on Instagram, an amazing clinical therapist, sexologist um, who's just doing some really powerful work out there. I mean, black women are out here cutting up, man. They, we doing work. There's Black so many home. sisters. <laughs> Ooh, I just love it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I, I do. I still have more questions. We might have to make this into a, a second. Um, oh, that's fine. This um, I mean, you know what? We'll. That, I mean, you can record it now and edit it later. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's what we do. And you know, we'll um. So your two parts. Yeah. So let's go ahead and um, uh, you know, people will um. We'll wrap this up. We'll give you guys a break, but there will be a part two. Um, so please stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed it. And again, as always, we wish you love, peace, light, and blessings. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Till the next time. Bye. Peace. This has been another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to listen on your favorite podcasting platforms. We can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, any other podcasting platforms that you can think of. We're on all of them. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Subscribers receive auto notifications when new episodes are published. Thanks again, and as always, we wish you love, light, peace, and blessings.